You're listening to Five Things with Lisa Birnbach. Hi, it's Lisa Birnbach, and if I sound giddy, it's because I got to go to the beach over the weekend. I went twice. It was the kind of weekend that belongs to the beach or on the beach, and if you've been with me since last summer, you know I'm crazy for the beach, and you know that I never feel I get enough of it, and last summer I think I was on the beach for under six hours for the whole summer. Well... It was a soothing, happy, peaceful, and content weekend at the seashore. Ah, I will maybe one day study the reason the brain can give me optimal feedback just by being tied adjacent. Maybe I won't. Maybe it was the sound of the waves, and maybe they do that thing that whispering and quiet sounds do. You know, they call it ASMR, I think. And they say it's like the brain having an orgasm because it's tickled a little. Or maybe just being by the beach turns me to beautiful memories and lovely memories of growing up on the beaches of Long Island. You know what? Who cares? I just love it. Let it not be unsaid that part of the great pleasure of the weekend was spending time with our friends Diane and Mark And hi to you, Joyce, and their son, James. We adore them and look forward to this weekend every year. It's been a giddy time in the art of letters, too. And our guest this week is first-time novelist Taffy Brodeser-Ackner, the it girl of fiction this summer with her first novel called Fleischman is in Trouble. Critics have raved about this book, but those of us who are her fans of her feature writing in the New York Times aren't surprised she had it in her. I'm so looking forward to our conversation. But in the meantime, here are my five things. Number one, this seems to be the year of one-piece bathing suits. Yay! We used to call them tank suits. Why? I don't know. Why did we stop calling them that? I don't know. I stopped wearing bikinis in, I'm guessing, the George W. Bush administration, and it has felt like, oh, I'm one of these old people in a one-piece until this summer. And you see pictures of Olivia Wilde and Gwyneth Paltrow and Sarah Jessica Parker in one-piece bathing suits. And you know what? They look good. And it makes me feel more like with it as opposed to out of it. And I have a bathing suit this summer that I actually like. So, yay. Number two, getting a bill adjusted. You know how you get overcharged for something and then you think, I should call them, I should follow up. Uh, And then the grind of it and then knowing you're going to be pressing a button on your phone screaming, representative, 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 and that you'd rather just not and you'd rather eat the money. Well, I did it. I had a weird charge on a bill for a car share, not Zipcar, the other one, uh, Enterprise. And I spoke to a human being, and she explained the misunderstanding and promised to refund the money, and it felt like a victory. And it reminded me we shouldn't let those charges go untested because that was wrong, and now I feel better. And I'm $55 richer and that matters. Number three, a baby in the family, a tiny little creature, my son's son, is truly a connector. And you know what? A bundle of joy. It truly is that because he's this big fat thing who is swaddled, doesn't have much to say yet, 
but he's a bundle of joy and a reason to be happy. I guess I didn't really understand that until Exhibit E came along, but I just love even sending a picture of him to my relatives, and I know it makes us all feel good. So thank you to my son and his wonderful wife for providing a baby. Number four, you are followers and listeners and readers. You are a growing group of very attractive and kind people, if I may. I sense that you're rooting for those who need it. You're supporting those who are, as we say, making an effort. That effort could be anything from eating more healthily to looking for work or putting on mascara every once in a while. Maybe it even means inviting your mother-in-law for lunch. But you know what? You make an effort. You are there for our guests. You are there for me. You let me know what you think, and that feedback is valuable. So thank you. And number five's best thing, I'm on the hunt for the perfect charm. And I'm not saying I'm compulsive. I'm not saying I'm looking all the time. I'm not saying I'm trying to amass a thousand charms for my necklace. But I find charms to be a form of biography in a way, which is why I like them so much. I had the most fantastic charm bracelet that disappeared under murky circumstances about 12 years ago. And I can't replace those charms. But my most recent purchase, I will show a picture of it, and here it is. I'm putting it up to the microphone, is an antique charm of a little baby boy. So there you have it. And now, the It Girl of 2019, my guest, Taffy Brodeser Ackner. Today's guest is the Lit It Girl. I came up with that myself today <laughs> on the subway. The Lit mm-hmm. It Girl of the summer of 2019. And you know who it is. It's Taffy Brodeser Ackner. Yes who wrote the best-selling book, Fleischman is in Trouble, that everybody is talking about. It The book is sold out in England. The book is sold out in that little bookstore in Southampton. The book is sold out, and people are talking about it, Taffy. And you, meanwhile, are a mother of two... Two sons. Sons, and you work full-time for The Times. Yeah. So your process and your time <laughs> are something that we want to talk about. But... First, welcome. Thank you. It's it's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to have you here. And it's wonderful to think that your first novel debuted on the New York Times bestseller list yes. when it came out, number 10, and is in its eighth printing in two months. Yeah. That's in great. One month. I think it's been a month. Oh, my God. Show Maybe off. five weeks. <laughs> it's incredible. Incredible. Thank I mean, this you. doesn't happen. You understand that. I don't know. People okay. keep telling me things that didn't happen, and then I remember the people that it did happen. I don't know. I don't know. I try to keep I'm gonna just my eyes you. on my own paper. I don't know. Okay. I'm just going to give you a crash course do in it. publishing. Let's do it. I, too, was once a young success, long, long time ago, before you were born. And I thought, oh, this publishing thing, It's I get it. You write, then they like it, then they sell it. Then you go and talk about it, which couldn't be more fun. And people have read your book, which is a kind of validation right by itself. Oh, my gosh. Not to mention the reviews, the reviews. And, oh, this is good. And people would say to me, are you nuts? This is phenomenal. Right. And I just thought, 
Um, what do they know? I'll do it again. Well, okay. Okay. That's, we'll see you I on rem- the couch next month. I remember I remember your book so, so well. Well, the thing is, it's very rare what's happened to you. And for you to be also um, understood and introduced as a literary writer. I mean, come on. I know. I'm very lucky. And you I'm went very, to NYU. You didn't go to like one of these fancy writing programs. I did not programs. go to a fancy writing program. I have a screenwriting degree from NYU. Well, that's something. It's not nothing. It's For a screenwriting not degree, it's one of the fancy writing programs, but it wasn't fancy writing that I was taught. Okay. So first, I, I, I don't even know where to start, but I think I'm going to start with this. Okay. I've read your articles for the New York Times. They are hilarious. They are warm. They are involving. Aww. They they are great. Thank and you. if if you don't know, she's written about Gwyneth Paltrow. You mm-hmm. got to the heart of goop. Heart of goop. The, the yoni heart of goop. <laughs> the yoni, the very exfoliated heart of goop. The exfoliated. <laughs> and there's an intimacy to your article. I felt like I, too, was sneaking a cigarette with you and Gwyneth we, we and were. her staff. We were. And and her large staff. Okay, so there's <laughs> that. You went ice skating with Tanya Harding. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. But all these things you do, you rediscovered 30-something, the TV show. Remember that. But everything you do, we learn so much about you. Yeah. And how does that square with the New York Times? I mean, I can't write about myself when I write for the New York Times, of course. Are you sure? I I mean, Have not... Have you tried it? I did it once. I did it once. But, you know, that's basically not my thing. Okay. But you get to do that. You get to be... I hate to invoke Hannah Horvath, but you get to be the voice of your generation. Really? Or yeah, a voice or of, a my, voice of, of a voice generation. Of, my, of a generation. But I'm <laughs> and we'll talk about Lena Dunham in a moment. But how is it that you guys can talk about yourself so comfortably? I cannot. Um, I mean, I, I think honestly, it is. It is. It is. It is our our slight age difference that 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 did it. Like I think that there came the internet, and there came a time where, in certain kinds of writing, not all of them, it was it was no longer seemly to pretend that nobody wrote this. Meaning, there's a there's personal essays, and those have been thriving on the internet right since the advent since Salon started all of the all of those places. Right. But but I think that. The idea that this thing got written from some clinical robot observing it is no longer what people wanted in certain categories of of writing. And I think that if you take your observations and you cleanse them of anything that is indulgent, and if you can also summon the humility earned over very many personal essays, in my case especially, that nothing you say, everything you say is appreciated and all of it is relatable, meaning your thoughts are not original, they are just um, well manifested into words, then people will want to hear from you because you will, be, especially in a celebrity profile, for example, you will be the link between the celebrity and the reader. Whereas I think that the celebrity profiles often go wrong when the writer becomes too much of the celebrity, meaning wants 
too badly to be like the celebrity, and so it's us and you. Or the writer is too much is too much the reader, meaning um, snarky or mean. I think somebody who's in the room with the celebrity as you would be as a reader and recognizes the celebrity as a human being is the person that people want to hear from. And everything I write about that's about me, even in the Gwyneth Paltrow story, which is very specific to me, right? I have these flat feet. Who knows what you'd have seen if you were in the room? Um, But I think that everyone could recognize themselves in you if you are not indulgent and you are not, and you know your place, which is as an emissary of the reader. What's so funny is when I was starting to be a celebrity profiler mm-hmm. in 1980s, mm-hmm. uh, before, of course, the internet or fun, um, <laughs> there there was a real effort to, as you put it, cleanse the personality of the writer yeah. because we were told it was indulgent to leave ourselves in the article Nobody cared about us. They were only interested in Tom Hanks. Right. And so writing, for me, was a process of getting it all out on the page, Mm -hmm. spitting it out, Mm -hmm. spitting out the the person and the experience of interviewing that person, and then taking all of my parts out and just linking the quotes in the best way. And that's what editors made us do. I also think, though, sometimes I think that it is that people who are, are better at this than I am are able to do it without inserting themselves. I don't think that my way is the best way. I think that, you know, there's also a first-person narrator in my book. Like I, I don't know that I can write another way, and I don't think that, that that makes it great. I think that's just what I'm capable of doing. And it makes it yours. Thank you. I mean, I never set out to do anything in particular like that, but I thank you. And and you know that people love it. I mean, people now you I have do. fans. Now, right. I, now, I, now I understand that it is a thing that it is liked, but when I was doing it, I was not setting out to invent anything. And did your editors at the Times and other places say, oh, Taffy, what, what are you doing here? This isn't enough star. This is too much you no this at, at the at the men's magazines they were very very um supportive of it at the women's magazines they were less so hmm. um hmm. yeah it was, it was really interesting. interesting but those are two different kinds of places it's like it's not that men's magazines are to men as women's magazines are to women right they serve completely different purposes men have upset me and women have upset me at work but the women made me cry the men made me angry I, mean, I went to an all girls high school you don't have to tell me yeah. I have three sisters yeah that's right you um, come from a yeah a coven. I'm hard <laughs> Okay, so you're in a room with Bradley Cooper. No publicist. Never. He thinks it's, you think it's going well. I think think we're having, yes, I never misrepresented myself. He never misrepresented himself. We're having an interview. At any point, did you think, and I'm only asking you this because I have not interviewed him, but I've interviewed many male stars. Mm -hmm. At any point, did you think, okay, I know I'm married, I know I have kids, but he seems to like me and I wonder I mean could it well would I I mean could I you never had a moment like that never except this was my moment this was my only moment that there is a strain of boy child in my family 
that my mother thinks looks looks like Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. like um, kind of a high up nose and blue eyes, and 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 we have Likes three or Lady four Gaga. of those. Yeah, <laughs> we have three or four of those. Uh-huh. And sitting there looking at him, I thought, no, we have nobody who looks like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> That was your whole moment. That was that was my whole moment. Okay, because that's I, not what I'm asking. I, it's I, not, but I don't, I don't, I don't think of myself as a woman in those interviews. I think of myself as like, like someone's chronic condition. I, I don't think of myself as even human then. But wait, didn't Tom Huddleston or Hiddleston? Hiddleston. Who who is he? Do, he and is a, do I have he, to care about him? You should care about him because he's a mensch. Like he is a mensch of an actor. He's a mensch of a person. And he is a very, very good actor, and he is mostly in stars and things in the UK. Ah, and there was a rumor that you were dating. There was not a. There was the Daily Mail, which took which paparazzi, is the, maybe I mean, the greatest, which is neck. I mean, neck and neck, next, next to the New York Times, yeah. the yeah. most factual, the most factual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, someone took paparazzi photos of us. Um, saying goodbye to each other in a, a, a very <laughs> yeah yeah we were French kissing um, in a very in a very platonic way and turned it into an ama- like an amazing several page article about how you know there's no confirmation and I was I was called a mystery brunette and it was oh, it was amazing it's a dream come true <laughs> it was honestly few, you know what he called me up afterward and he said. I'm so sorry. This is such an embarrassment. I hope your husband knows I meant no disrespect. And I said, Tom. You didn't do anything. This was the greatest week of my life. Please, please don't worry. And now my husband is dating a mystery brunette. Now my husband is very happy to be with a mystery brunette. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It's great for everybody. All around. What what I'm saying is that's a win-win. It's a win-win. Now, Bradley Cooper, after your article came out, how was that? Well, I so I thought I did a good like I pride myself on being decent and I pride myself on never being mean. And but I also pride myself on doing a good job. And he I thought it was very he was not interested in being profiled for his personality. He was not he did not understand why people should be interested in him. And I said that, you know, it's it's my job is to do like I, I went into like this weird existential thing afterward where I under, where I started to question whether or not my job had any validity. And the answer is, yeah, like it's it's actually a totally legitimate thing to want to meet the people who created something that meant something to you. And he does not he does not believe that. I, I wonder if he's I don't too... think he really believes what he purported to you believe. Think so? I, I'll take him at his word. I don't know. I mean, he's somewhat educated and intelligent. He's right? very intelligent. He's he, he speaks s- French. He speaks French. He was learning Russian when we met. Summa cum laude from from Georgetown. I could not even find Summa Georgetown. Laude? I could not even find Georgetown with my GPS. Oh my god! So he is like he. I think that he just rejected the notion of the thing that he showed up to, which was an interview. <laughs> well, that has happened to me. Has it? Who yeah. did it to you? Well, it was Tom Hanks, <gasps> and is it that was true. Yeah, and it was really uncomfortable, and. Particularly, well, well, because his PR people had been uh, contacting me in the way that people used to. 
I think that means by pigeon. Yeah, sure. I forget. I forget. <laughs> they sent what they, they sent use? someone on a horse to someone you. on yeah, a yeah. horse with a, with a yeah. torch came over <laughs> and said, "Would you do this?" He's in a movie called, um, what was it? I think he what was. What year in, is it? It was in the year ten. I believe it was comic comic strip comic something punchline punchline in the year ten in the year ten, but not two thousand ten. No, in the year like, ten, so eight, like eighty seven is what you're saying. You know what? Yeah. That's creepily probably spot on. Yeah. 87. It could have been 87. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we met a couple of times, and he was so flip. If I asked him what he, how he enjoyed his time when he wasn't working between movies, oh, is this the hobby question? And I felt he was so dismissive and Aww. so glib, and I really was so disappointed myself yeah. as being able to elicit because I usually don't have that trouble with someone. And it's so and embarrassing it, when they call you out on well, it. It just made uh, me feel like some kind of, yeah, nothing. Like a, yeah. And it's funny because of all the actors in Hollywood, he's the most beloved and he's yeah. the most popular and so trusted. Right. He's right. Jimmy Stewart all over again. And you know what? Um, when our photographer came went out to L.A. to shoot his picture, he said, oh, I love him. Was he great? And I thought, I'm not going to tell him yeah. because I want him to right. have a great time with him. And maybe it was just a bad day. Sure. So uh, Parade Magazine not only sent a Pulitzer Prize winning photographer to Los Angeles to take this picture, but they rented a car. Oh. He didn't want to wear his own clothes. They rented wardrobe. They rented a house. And as soon as the stylist got it all set up and the lights were all set up, he said, I got to go. No. So, he, so you know, in 1987, oh. he wasn't a great guy. Oh. But do you think that that actually means that he was, like, I think he, was he had nothing to, like, this is what I sometimes think. I sometimes think a guy like Tom Hanks, maybe he has, like, the stakes are so high because he's thought of well and the only way it could go is down. And maybe he looks at you and he sees someone who's too smart or he sees someone who who maybe doesn't seem so impressed and he gets worried because all it takes is one story. I mean, I'm, I'm very careful with that. You know what? I don't think he was as high, highly regarded at the time as he right. is now. Right. And I think what I later learned was that he was in the midst of a divorce. Oh. So he was in a he bad just didn't mood. Talk and, but then again, yeah. then don't have your publicist hawk me by car right. and by pigeon. By torch, yeah. And by torch. The torches. Do it's that true, later when he's in the mood. Get agreement. I mean, I think as a celebrity journalist, you find out very early on that the publicists who were your front line between you and the star and the star themselves who hire them are not always in sync and don't always report back to one another. Or that you don't even know what you don't know. Like, I feel like that's a relationship that's very close. We have no idea who says what to us. I don't even I don't even try to figure it out People anymore. People are being protected. They don't yeah. know they're being protected. They don't want to Their be protected. Their obligation is to the client always. Right, right. You right. know, it's hard. It's very hard. Are you able to, you said you never have the publicist in the room? Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a requirement? Of both of the places that I've worked most, the Times and GQ. That's mm -hmm. a requirement of the places. As it should be. As it should be. It, it just I mean, it ruins if you're, the, the intimacy of it. When there's a third person watching, there's right. like no 
opportunity to become close with somebody. And it assumes that we're going to ask questions that are, like, disgusting. Well, it also makes you feel like you're the enemy. Yeah. And you're not the enemy. Right. You're the friendly. Like, this is like a congressional hearing. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's pivot now. Let's pivot. To Fleischman. Fleischman. Your first novel. How did you write a novel and move to New Jersey and have two children and have a job? And do it all at the same time. And and I'm not just asking for me. I'm asking for womankind. Sure. Okay. Like, here, womankind, the okay. answer is I did it to the detriment of my relationships with my with my friends, with my family, my children. Like, my, my children know me as someone who, like, has spent many weekends away from them for my work. I did it to the detriment of my body, right? I haven't exercised. I haven't prepared my, like... She things. looks good. No, she looks good. <laughs> it's she, not and, true. and she's very attractive. And, and she has a beautiful speaking voice, as you all know now. Well, yes, it's the, the voice doesn't need it. Thank you. Oh, sh- um, but it, it, it taffy, came at taffy. personal, at a lot of cost, where friends, carpool partners, people have been extraordinarily generous with me. But I haven't read a book that I didn't need to read in about three and a half years, except for two of the um, Elena Ferrante books. Uh-huh. I haven't, which I did as like an act of rebellion. Um, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gotten together with the moms at school on a regular basis, which I badly wanted to do. Oh, my friend, uh-huh. you know, my friend Jen, my friend Jen Adler, she is. She wants to go to dinner. Her kids are away at summer camp. And I would like to do that, too. And I am stuck in this kind of in-between of never understanding if anyone really knows that I would like to. But these, but I've made these choices. I don't know if I made the right choices. I know that it didn't feel like there was any other time to do it except now when well, these issues were eating at me. Yes, the sacrifice of yeah. relationships is part of it. But I, I want to know very specifically and not theoretically okay. when you wrote this oh, novel. Okay, I can answer that. Yeah. So there, I opened up a Word document one day and I kept it open on my computer. And for six months, I did not shut my computer down. I did not close the document, no matter how long it got, no matter how much I knew it was eating at my power. I made rules, very specific rules. If I was on an airplane, I would only work on the book. If I was, um, when once the kids were went to sleep on a Sunday night, I would only work on the book. Um, during a commute, I would only work on the book. So you could, you had enough of the book structure and direction and outline in your head that you could actually work on it in no. in any place. No, it came as I wrote it, but I've read enough books to know how a, a story. I'm a good storyteller. That's what I think I learned at NYU. That like, and also I'm a huge student of storytelling. I listen to storytelling podcasts. I still like. I'll still read Robert McKee every now and again just for fun. Hmm. Like I've read Robert McKee seven times. What haven't I read? Uh, the Odyssey. Like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, like yeah. I... Robert McKee, for all of you who don't know, is the sort of guru of, of screenwriting. Um, and he's written a book and he teaches this kind it's of culty story. class. Yeah. And he, I've never taken the class. I have. You have? Yeah. I took What's it, it like? Is it like an adaptation? <laughs> what it is, is this kind of 
arrogant guy yeah, who won't take questions. You can't go to the bathroom. Really? That's he, a cult. He's, when they don't he, let you go to the bathroom, you're in a Werner cult. He's Werner Erhard, probably. They've yeah. never been seen together. Who knows? <laughs> but, and, and you know, he talks about 20 pages into every screenplay is the inciting incident. Oh, and then yeah. It's very formula. But what is good yeah. about that class yeah. is watching Casablanca with him. Oh, really? Because he breaks it down. It to takes, everything. It takes about six hours. He does and that in his book. I know. And it's the best six hours. Wait, you watch the whole thing there? He stops it oh. every, every 20 seconds to tell you what you should be looking at in the frame and what... Oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's brilliant. I'm a big student of that. I'm a big student of like comedy podcasts that talk about the talk about the craft of comedy because mm-hmm. comedy is always about well-told stories. Um, there's this podcast that I'm crazy about right now called Script Notes, hmm. um, writ by two two really great screenwriters, John August and Craig Mazin, yeah. and their archives are available for a for a a bar a dollar ninety nine a month and a bargain at any price um, on on the website, and. I feel like I'm very in touch with how to tell a story. And I'm also, I also have like a real um, drive of desperation where I need to finish things even when they're hard because I can't bear that I've wasted time on anything. I always feel like I got a late start to things and that's never caught up with me. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does, but it's all in your sure. mind, I of don't course. Care. What do I yeah, care? Yeah. So, so... Your husband had to take the kids to birthday parties. Yes. Your husband had to make breakfast. Yes. Your husband had to do a lot of yes. stuff, and which is why you dedicated one thing, why you dedicated well, the yeah, book to There are to many reasons many I reasons. dedicated this book to him, and that was one of them, that he, he, he once, once he saw that it was happening, he made it very easy for me to do, knowing that he could only make it e- so easy. The rest was going to be so hard. The rest was children who, 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 for a while hated just the idea of the book until it came out and they saw it in book in like the window in a bookstore. Like then they got then it excited. became real. Then it became real. And they're little. Yeah, they're little. They're yeah. Little. Well, and everyone will have another. <laughs> <laughs> can watch him do I know. those things yeah. that you didn't Ugh. get to see. But, you know, the thing is also... I never missed a basketball game. I maybe missed oh. two of them. Well, so there you there go. You go. But I felt bad. Stop beating yourself up. I don't know. Do you ever not beat yourself up about... No. So there you go. No. Yeah. Not never. No. What? Too many double negatives. I know. Do you beat yourself up? Always. There you go. Why are we so good at telling other people not to beat themselves up when we just beat ourselves up? I do We're exceptions. Lot, well, I do a lot of silly things. It's true. We all do. Yeah. There you go. I'm much better at telling other people what to do <laughs> than telling myself what to do. That's just this the way our, it is. Our Jewish destiny. Is it? Yeah. I think it's anybody. But yeah, yeah. yeah add add twenty percent for yeah, the Jew. Maybe twenty percent for the Jewish thing. Yeah. So okay. So this is a novel about. Marriage and love and divorce mm-hmm. in the 21st century. Yes. It really does begin with dating apps. Yeah. In fact, I read a review of your book that was so, it was a good review, but the subtitle was, or the title of the review was, Taffy 
Brodesser Ackner's book looks at dating. And I thought, no, no. It's hard to categorize. Well, it's an adult book about relationships. It's about middle age. A lot of it, it's about middle age. Okay, let's call it that. Let's call it it, it, the people involved Mm -hmm. are 40. Yeah, in their 40s. In their 40s. And they have all been married long enough or been, in one case, single long enough Mm -hmm. that it's time for a reckoning in a way. Yes. Is that a good way to describe it? Absolutely. And we start with a protagonist Mm -hmm. who has been basically dumped. Well, he is separated. He and his wife are separated. He has the kids. He's mostly parenting. But when he's not parenting or working at his job as a hot, as a liver doctor, mm-hmm. he is on these sites. And women in New York are sending him pictures of their vuvu and their tata. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And if those tushy. things think I'm what I think they mean, then I yes, think so. <laughs> and so, uh, and you don't name an actual an actual existing. Um, I named website. myself, yeah. Right, but that was a good one. But but <laughs> I imagine you, in part of your research, yeah. while you're married and have these kids that you're neglecting in New Jersey, that you <laughs> are also going online and seeing these yeah. couples or swiping. Most of, my, um, most of my research came from divorced friends who showed me their phones and who showed me what it was like. But I did think that at some point I had to download the apps. Right. And I did download a few apps and I lasted about half an hour did on each of them. Did you feel gross? Not only did I feel gross and not only That's was I term shocked. That's a term of art. <laughs> <laughs> not only was I shocked at what I saw in yeah. a way that is not cool for someone who thinks of herself as a, you know, a person of a the culture. Savant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the culture. Um, that was not cool. But then again, remember, I'm a yeshiva girl. Um <laughs> What was very upsetting to me was the lie, like that, that, you know, I work at a place, even before I worked at this place, like, despite what they what they show you in movies, we don't really go undercover as journalists. Mm -hmm. We don't really lie to people about what we're doing. In fact, no, we we, don't. We have to say, hey, I'm a journalist. Just so you know, you have a journalist in the room. Right. And you have to show your badge. And it felt very bad. To, to be to not be telling them right the, to to lead people on and also to lead people on into thinking that they you know they might get a get a you know get lucky tonight they might they're get a picture get, of your yeah they're not gonna poop they're not getting a poo poo or a voo voo <laughs> or a tata picture <laughs> the, the, the how quickly within the online world mm-hmm. uh, uh, let's say you join and download uh, now. How quickly between now and your first picture, whether it's it's a, already gone, like in the time you described that you've oh already gotten god. a picture of someone's penis. Oh my god! Yeah. Or someone asking you if you could fillet them while looking them in the eye. Now these are just the normal apps. These are not sex apps. These are well, these like are Match like, or yeah. Tinder or whatever. They're all there for. Okay, that. so wait, Taffy, in the weddings that you read about yeah. in the Sunday Times, or yeah. at least that I read about. Yeah. Many, many couples have yeah. met on these sites. Yeah. Is it about middle age? Is it like the young people who do it treat 
one another with more respect and the middle-aged people think, I don't have any time. I want to see his penis. I want to see her <laughs> no, tata. I don't think that, I don't, th- I think that men are under the impression, if I may, if I may generalize. Please, please. That's all I, we do. <laughs> I think that men are under the impression that the the penis works, assuming heterosexuality here, the penis works for the woman the way breasts work for the men. They are like an enticement. They don't really understand I that am, it's a utilitarian uh, sort of, maybe for some if women, my eyes no one I know. are not spinning in my head, it's only because... Because I did eye exercises today. I cannot believe what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying, hi, my name is Mysterious Brunette. Oh, here's my penis. Would you like to have a drink and discuss? No, it's more like. Discuss the movies? From my experience, two people, let's say you were to meet in real life. IRL. IRL. Let's say you were at your 92nd Street Y singles mixer in the 90s. Let's just say. Okay. Everyone knows what they're doing there. I am I am at the end of a road. Please help me. <laughs> yes. I, I, too, am at the end of a road. Please right. help me. You get onto an app, which is the way people meet now. It's not, it is not the Fixed way some up, people serve meet. blind it dates, is, right. It is nothing. It is, this is the way people meet. And they're, other than filling things out, which not everyone, people can be disingenuous about, you're not sure what why they're there why they're there right. you know why you're there but in the apps which appeal greatly to me in, in their multitasking like you could be setting up a whole week of things while you're watching TV that appeals to me greatly i am oh you a, could oh, my right. god i mean i have a lunch i have a drink uh, yeah, i have yeah, a drink you could have, have done it right but what's absent is the look looking each other in the eye as a man like decides what to tell you for example i'm watching your face fall a little bit as you <laughs> as your you soul like, dies oh my god like <laughs> oh my god is that all i am to you it it was really helpful to be able to look each other in the eye it had disadvantages in that you know dating wasn't great for me i was always like too cheerful and excited to meet people and i was I don't know if the apps would have been better for me. I just know that uh, this yeah. is absent all the mirror neurons. No, no but what you're saying is, I, I, I say I'm a person who enjoys theater, yeah. books, and long walks on the beach. Yeah. And someone says, me too, look at my penis. <laughs> it's a, Yeah, sometimes it's like that. But I don't think the oh, people who send wow. you the penis... I don't know. I can't figure it out. None of the friends I maybe have, they enjoy have the the frisson of shock. Maybe. They're creating. I mean, I, a friend of mine told me recently that she was in the subway and a man airdropped a picture of his penis to her from across the platform. That and I thought is, he couldn't be trying to go out on a date with her. He's like doing something abusive there. He's it's like exposing himself yeah, in a, in it a really is. trench coat. Yeah. It's like exposing yourself in a trench coat. So really, that's what's going on for middle-aged people. Sometimes. And sometimes it's, here's a picture of my penis, and the woman's like, oh, yeah. Like, you don't know. Because I think that there's also a dynamic where we as women, you know, if you watch kind of through the history of pornography, women, men's desire is to get off, and a woman's desire seems to be to please a man. Meaning it's not that that... Women are pleasing men because of of the way the system is set up. Maybe that's true. But what's also true is that it might be a function of women's desire 
to be pleasing to a man. That might be part, like, that might be, the female dick pic (laughs) could be pleasing a man. Who knows? I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I was on J-Date for like 20 minutes. My handle was Matzah Bride. Like, (laughs) I didn't last long. Yeah. And I finally met the guy I married. I was, I mean, that said, the people I know who are using apps, they... I don't know if it's going well. I know it, that it's, it's it's the water now. It doesn't matter if it's going well. It's how it's going. It, it's it would be like my like my mother man. saying, "Is are bars working for you?" It doesn't matter. It's right. where you go. It's it's like if you didn't the do only it in, way to do it. If it's not at college, if it's not at work, also you're not allowed to meet anyone at work anymore. Right. Right. Um, what are you going to do? I don't know. I don't oh, know. I'm not grim. an expert in these things. That's great. I'm merely an observer. No, you were a good observer. So, so then, okay. So we have this, this shock. This man, this good guy, mm-hmm. who starts getting all these pictures of cleavage and Butt ass and, and side boob and, and side boob yeah, and under boob and regular boob and boob. Just and boob. he starts, and he he's with his kids, and he has to hide his phone, and he yeah. has to go to work, and he has to hide his phone. But he's also intrigued and turned on, and he never had that easy a time with women because he's so short. Because he's so short, and his name is Toby, which is kind of a short man's yes. name. I I'm sure that was no coinky. Yeah, yeah, it was a coinky yeah. thing. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. So short Toby is dealing with this. The story is told by his friend Libby. Mm-hmm. Who, in very primitive ways, is you? She is a, like she has a lot of the markings of me. Yes, she has a lot of the markings yes. of you. And until the until we've really spent a lot of time in Toby's little shoes, yeah. we don't get <laughs> no why Libby is yeah. so important, right? Oh my God! It's yeah. so skillful. Thank you, Taffy Libby. Thank you. It was hard. So it took now, a lot of revision, now, a lot of good edits. Now, by the time you were really structuring the novel, yeah, you were doing that with your editor, or were you doing that all by yourself? I sold it as a third-person book, in which Libby is just is a character in the book that you eventually realize probably narrated it. And I thought that was that's clever skillful. too. Yes, so maybe it was too clever. Like it, uh, like hmm. my editor said, I think half the people will miss this. Do you want, do you want half the people to miss this? And I said, no, I would like to please all the people, as I always do. As I always yeah. do, because I'm hardwired. To I'm please hardwired to please all the people, all the people, all the time, as especially many as if they're men. Especially if they're <laughs> because men. That's what we, we just do. went through. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm no longer starring in pornos. Now I'm just writing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. My mom wrote a porno. Yeah. 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 There's a lot my of dad. Se- my dad. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of sex in it. There's some sex. Yeah. 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 Was that hard to w- write? <laughs> no. It was. E- I've had oh. sex many times. You I have, have two children. Oh wow. I've Look had at two you. children. You're you know so what, advanced. You know. You I know? did some real research. Yeah. The, over the last few years. <laughs> How babies that. are yeah. born. <laughs> Your your view of marriage in Manhattan, oh yeah, is um, a little frightening. Oh yeah. Well, I I I raised my kids in the world you um, satirize. Oh, 
You did know you? I did. I, yes, I didn't know. Yes. You know I, I did. I absolutely know you did. And the idea of these mothers who are competitive in every way. Yeah. They have to be the thinnest. They have to be the most soulful of soul yeah. cyclists. Yeah. They have to be the richest. Everything. Yeah. They have to have all straight hair, right? All straight, please. Yeah. What? I, but you know what I love? You didn't, you didn't collapse and fall to the easy shorthand of mentioning brand names or stores. I always, I get so turned off oh, when, yeah? when I see those in a book because I feel like that's the author. Cheating. Cheating. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, you obviously yeah. didn't I mean, do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I also, For a I, reason. There are reasons I didn't do it, and it's because I really like, I'd like a thing to be timeless. I like a thing to be, a, I would like someone to read it in 10 years and not say, you know what, if I'd written this and I used, you know, Yves Saint Laurent, I would have said YSL. And look at this, three years later, it's Saint I know. Laurent. I know. I mean, what do I, it would be out of date. It would have been. It just never occurred just to a, me. I think I also yeah. am so not of the, the Upper East Side world that I don't even think I would do it right. I would oh, be like, oh, that. I'd be like, oh, look at them at, at Bendel's. Oh, look at them oh, at, right. at Bergdorf's. <laughs> and I'd have to go into a Bergdorf's and say, do like, research. What? yeah. Oh, wow. It doesn't come naturally to me. My family, my mother reads Vogue. My, you know, my family can speak that language and I cannot. Um, I think the reason I wrote a book like this is because I've so wholly rejected the values of trying to fit in that, that that's how it ended up. Wow. Yeah. Well, I have to give you uh, so much respect because you've written a novel that holds my, uh, I, you know, that I went with. I, I, I leapt in oh. and I wanted to be there. I wanted to figure it out. I, I, I sent a, a text to a friend of mine who had just finished reading it, mm -hmm. who loved it. Thank and you. I said to him, I want Rachel to die. <laughs> and he said, finish the book. <gasps> oh, good, good. So, Thank you to you and your friend. Yeah, wow. so we and he and his daughter debated about it. And oh. she said, you're middle-aged. That's why you get it. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, you, the, the idea that you could do this and did it, young Taffy. Young me. Big yeah. deal. Thank you. Thank it's you for finding me. It's a really young. big deal. And you were so it. cogent on Martini. I, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, really. You should do more Just Martini podcast. Well, did you like it? It was very alcoholic. Like I understand <laughs> well, now that like why people throw all these other things into a martini into alcohol now so that you don't taste it. What are we doing with oh, something no. like what? Like a lychee martini I or mean, a no. cappuccino martini? I'm talking about a daiquiri. I'm like, oh. like, what are we doing to disguise the taste of alcohol? I see what you're yeah. saying. Because otherwise, we might as well just drink rubbing cough alcohol. syrup, yeah. syrup yeah. or something. I mean, cough syrup's delicious. It's quite good. Yeah, <laughs> but not on the rocks. <laughs> not on the no. rocks. Not because you, you know, need that sticky. Yeah, olives don't do great in that. On my last big book tour, mm -hmm. I took my exhibits. And there was a big party, mm -hmm. and someone handed me, and this, if anybody here knows me, you'll know that this was not a good thing. They handed me a chocolate martini. <gasps> and I said, I simply cannot. And 
excuse me, they gave it to my 11-year-old. And she was at the like, time, great, fine. This is the Thank best you. party I've this ever is been amazing. to. God, I love this party. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have another. You're beautiful. I love you. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, did you have a gin martini? I I can't. You I don't think it was even a vodka know. one with a twist. Well, some that's what I drink most of the time. But it's people will say very that's vodka y. Very vodka y, which is what I like about it. There's not enough vodka to make it vodka y. Oh, really? For me, but a vodka martini is technically. Not, Not a martini. martini. Shoot. It's got to be gin, honey. I have to go back. Yeah. Yeah. So now, how has your life changed now that you are the author of an eighth printing in one oh. month bestseller? Um, I would like to know. Okay. I, okay. Oh, gosh. Let me think. Um, Do you have a new book? I, yes. I sold it before this came, right before this came out. It's called Long Island Compromise, and it is about wealth on Long Island. And oh, in my great God. Neck, it's a great neck book. North? What do you think? Of course. <laughs> oh, um, little inside. <laughs> so it's it's so there's so there's that. There is it's like any story that comes out except the thing that, like right now the thing I'll say is that I'm I'm flooded with just gratitude for all the people who 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 cheered for this and I'm I'm Back full time at work. Oh, you are? Yeah. Already? Yeah. I had to I took my vacation two weeks off. I went on a book tour and now I'm on a story and I have to leave first thing in the morning for a story. I'm here now. Like Where it, are you going? I can't tell. Oh, right. I can't tell because mm-hmm. I won't give it away. Okay, but... Sandra Bullock, look out. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah. is like it's hard. It is it's 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 also hard to metabolize the feelings like what do you do? Like, you know, I started out wanting to be a screenwriter or a novelist. Well. And then it happened. It happened. And like, what do I do with it? I don't know where to put it. I think what you do is it's like a really great secret mm-hmm. that you wear in a locket, uh-huh. a virtual locket uh-huh. around your neck. Uh-huh. It's like, Claude loves me. Yeah. The boys love me. I have a book deal. I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I do. I feel that way. I felt that way for a, for for a long time because of because of the love of my family and the the um, validation of my bosses. Um, and then when you see someone reading your book in an airport, I'll, my face will fall off. Right. It's like having a I know out of body experience. It's, like it's so a, great. I know. Oh my god. I know. It happened to me. Did you see that it happened to me? No, I didn't know. But it, it happened to me. I'm not surprised. I lu- I lunged to take a picture. I said, "I'm so sorry." I wrote that. Oh, she they said, were so- "Did you?" And I said, "Turn, turn to the flop." It was me. Ah, uh, me. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Taffy. I'm I'm quelling. Thank you. I had nothing to do with your success, but I enjoy every moment. <laughs> I appreciate it, and I feel like I can relate to it. I also feel like you're my competition. So, all right, we have give to... me your five and get the hell out of here. My five. Okay. Okay. So number one on your five Is best oat- things. Yes. Yeah. Oat milk. I couldn't agree more. Really? Yeah, but Oatly in particular. Oatly is great. Um, Number two. Okay, summer, really for the first time. Um, I have always resisted summer because I've had massive body issues, and I'm always dreading putting clothing on or a bathing suit on. And this summer, just things have changed. I just am enjoying the weather. I am enjoying, enjoying the heat. 
and I am wearing clothing that fits instead of dreading another summer where I wish I fit into something else. Maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's the middle age thing. The like the the the, the soft. This is who I am. This is who I am, and like maybe it's fine. I don't know. Maybe I'm there. Well, you I look think, good to me. Thank and you. And you know what? Summer. This summer has been a good summer. It's been a good. I summer. I mean, for you, it's been a really good it's summer. Been a very fast summer for me so far. I know. Yeah, I know. I kind of haven't looked up. Are you Are you referring to summer as a noun or a verb? By the way, noun. I'm okay. not rich enough to okay. um, not yet. refer to it as a verb. Okay. Maybe soon, maybe, I hope. Yeah, soon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Movie rights, you know. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, have you sold them yet? <clears throat> not yet. In discussion. You will. Yeah. You will. You um, will. Thank you. You just will. I appreciate it. Number three. Watching TV with my children, I think there is nothing more that I, than I, that I love. Last night, we watched Popeye. The Popeye movie? Yeah, the Robert Altman, the Robert Robin Williams. Williams. Yeah, it was a friend of yours, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, I haven't seen that in ages. I hadn't seen it in ages, and it is amazing. And you can't believe what Altman was trying to do, and you can't believe what, like, like now I understand why I can't ever look at Shelley Duvall except in this totally... As olive oil. Yeah, yeah. this way. Popeye. 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 It was amazing. I <laughs> By the way, don't the you feel that Robert Altman was misunderstood in large part? A million times. I think he was for a long time my favorite film director. I think he still is for a lot of people. I don't think he was misunderstood. I think he was always like in a like a taste, a non-theoretical right. taste. Right. If anybody has ever been interrupted in this lifetime, they know that Robert Altman made movies about real conversations. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Do your kids like series more or movies more? They like series more, and I feel like it's my job to educate them on on movies. It actually is. It is. Yeah. Okay, very good. See, you are a good mother. Thank See? you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you. it. Okay. And that counts. I hope so. Yeah. I I'll, 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 I'll make feel them like... listen to this so they know. <laughs> Please. I don't feel that I'm a good mother. Mother, <laughs> no, no, but, no, none of us do. Yeah, but, but I feel that I can does. designate I feel like you. Do. you. Yeah. I feel like I've no, seen you. you be a mother. You've, you're a good mother. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay. Number four, Manhattan. Not the any, just the place. Not the movie. I mean the movie. Oh, I, well, yeah. that's, that's oh, another yeah. conversation. Oh, yeah, that's but one. the place. Yeah. People, you know, I returned to New York after after ten years in Los Angeles, and while I was there. Manhattan was no longer a place people lived. Now it was now it was Brooklyn. Right. And I got to say that's very nice, but Manhattan is wonderful. Yeah. And when I think of like the most amazing place to live in the world, I think it's Manhattan. And I walk around here and I my head explodes. I cannot believe the the happiness and the luck and the proximity and the Pilates right next to the Chinese place and the yeah. dry cleaner and, and all of that. And not having to drive everywhere. Not having to drive everywhere and not like and being among other people. Like right. being not not being as isolated as I am in a suburb. Maybe in Brooklyn. You can, I mean, I'm from Brooklyn. I don't know. It's a long That's story. It's a long story. And then the last thing, mm-hmm. room service. <laughs> I can't disagree I with you I can't disagree. That. Like, there's just something about being given what you've asked for in your room that, like, to me, I can't imagine what else a person could want. I once pitched an idea to Red Book, or maybe it was Ladies Home Journal. What Those if... are magazines that don't exist <laughs> no, anymore. I think Redbook does. I oh, think Redbook does. Oh, I think that um, 
I I pitched this idea that I that for a week I would have a craft services truck outside my house in, and see what I what could I accomplish if I didn't have to erect a sandwich pour a bowl of cereal. No one would fall for it. No one would do this for me. It's the best it idea. The be- it's the best idea. I remember when I got home from one of my book tours, mm-hmm. all I wanted to do was redecorate my apartment to look like a hotel room. <laughs> Including Which hotel room? Uh, any, yeah. including I was only staying at you know fancy ones, not that no Hyatt's and stuff. No, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Workman Publishing. Oh, um, mm. And I would, but later it got better. But I wanted room service. Sure. I wanted a button on my phone that connected yeah. to the kitchen. Yeah. Unfortunately, you were the one that was going to answer. Correct. It. Yeah. So that it takes rings. away some of the <laughs> right. That takes away a lot of the fun. I I would have gotten a dick pic or something. (laughs) But yet, room service, especially when you're on a hotel's 800-count sheet Uh, with the feather mattress and sure. stuff. Sure, it's I perfect, know. it's I perfect. Know. And they I come know. and then they bring it away and there's and a flower no, sometimes. And a, a flower and a if tiny you spill, ketchup. you don't, oh, the tiny ketchup. The tiny, they're so The adorable. tiny honey. The tiny honey and the oh, tiny little jelly. It's so cute. Yeah. And then if you spill it, it's not your problem It's not your problem. It. I know, it's really I nice. I know, I know. Well, Taffy, you're nice. Lisa, you're nice. I'm glad you came today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Five Things That Make Life Better with me, Lisa Birnbach. My guest this week has been Taffy Brodeser Ackner, author of the best-selling novel Fleischman is in Trouble, published last month by Random House, now in its eighth printing. You can follow her on Twitter at Taffy Ackner or at her website, taffyackner.com. I wonder how she came up with that. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. My blog is at lisabernbach.com, where you'll find links and photos about all the things we spoke about here today. The podcast is produced in New York City by thefieldtv.com. My engineer is Jimmy Regan. My team is Spressa Arucci, Michael Port, and Sam Haft. Until next week, stay cool. I mean, do stay cool and act natural. Bye-bye. That was Five Things with Lisa Bernbach. New episodes every Friday, if she remembers. <laughs>